What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Abgenommen bedauert. We'd like to introduce you to Mr. and Mrs. North. ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this new series of programs, which each week at this time will present America's most attractive young couple, Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Peggy Conklin in the role she created on the Broadway stage with Carl Eastman as Mr. North. In the neighborhood where Pam and Jerry North live, they're known as that delightful, though slightly delirious duo. To Mr. Robinson, the grocer, there's no customer whom he'd rather wait on than Pamela North, even though she occasionally pays her bill with an unsigned check. Over at the Dodson Publishing Company, Jerry North, rising young editor, not only discusses Eugene O'Neill with the president, but also Dick Tracy with the office boys. In short, Pam and Jerry will often amuse you sometimes confuse you, but will certainly never bore you. As our story opens, it's early Sunday morning. So now, let's meet Mr. and Mrs. North. It's 8.30. You've already mm. slept 12 hours. Do you want to spend the whole day in bed? Uh, yeah. Oh. Jerry. Jerry, please wake up. You're spoiling all my plans. Mm. Plans? What plans? For the picnic, dear. You know the picnic. Oh, yes, dear. We'll talk about it in the morning. <laughs> Good night, dear. Jerry. Jerry, come on now and get up. Get up. Pam, don't pull the covers off. I'm cold. But it's warm, dear, for the picnic. It's a beautiful day out. How can I tell? Pull the shades up. Darling, the shades are up. Oh, Pam, go to bed. It's a horrible day. The worst day of the year. But it's going to be nice. I can tell. All right. Give me the phone. What are you going to do? Hello, operator. Give me the weather bureau. 
Isn't that silly, Joey? I just finished telling you. Oh, out of your own. What are you planning for today? Cloudy? Followed by rain? And colder? Would you recommend a picnic? You wouldn't? Thanks very much. Jerry, that's perfectly ridiculous. You know they have a little man down there with rheumatism. And every time it hurts him, they say it's going to rain. Now hurry and take your shower, dear. I've got your gray suit all laid out in the dressing room. Darling, I'm not going to wear my best suit to a picnic, especially a rainy picnic. I'll just get my brown tweed, huh? Oh, not that old, ugly brown tweed. Now, you don't seem to understand. The material was woven by hand. That suit comes from London. Yes, but we don't have as many fogs over here, dear, and people will see you in it. <laughs> now, hurry, Jerry, come on. By the way, Dr. Livingston, who's making this trip with us? Well, I haven't invited anyone yet, but I thought I'd call Herb and Kate, the Flemings, mm-hmm. and Charlie and Jean, and, oh, yes, darling, that French fellow, Pierre Dubois. He's charming. Charming. Well, that settles it. Count me out. Now, dear, it's so silly of you to get angry every time Pierre kisses my hand. Well, I don't mind him kissing your hand, but I do get so when he starts biting your nails. Jerry, you do love me, don't you? Yes, I suppose so. Well, say you do. All right, I I love you. And I love you, too. Now, put on your gray suit, dear. I'm telling you right now, if Pierre Dubois well, goes... I'm only I... inviting him for your sake. He can gather wood and make the fire. And besides, he knows all about the birds and the flowers. Really? Do you think his mother should have told him? <laughs> I can't. Your girdle's in there. Just a minute, Jerry. Hello? Mr. Moscone? This is Mrs. North. Oh, who are you talking to, dear? Mr. Moscone, the butcher. Hello, Mr. Moscone. I wonder whether you'd do me a big favor. Could you come over here right away? Ma'am, it's Sunday. I know, Jerry, I know. What's that? You will come over? Oh, Mr. Moscone, you are the nicest butcher. Oh, yes, you are. Bye. I think that's an imposition, Pam. Why should he come over here on Sunday? Well, that's all right, Jerry. He won't mind. I know. Wait a minute. What do you mean, you know? Well, I've done some favors for him. Now, what kind of favors can you do for a butcher besides buying meatballs from him? <laughs> oh, dear, you say such amusing things. But you'll feel better when you get out in the hot sun. Uh-huh. Incidentally, while you were having coffee, I made the calls, and everybody will meet here in a few hours, about noon. Well, there's the doorbell, Pam. You'll have to answer it. I'm not dressed. Well, it couldn't be Mr. Marconi. Are you expecting anyone? Now, you know I'm not. I don't understand why I can't sleep on Sunday morning. Other men do. You really think I should answer it, Jerry? After all, it's so early and people shouldn't come... Well, I guess nobody's home, Ellen. It's funny, this is the 21st, isn't it? Yes, Harold. Are you sure this is the right address? There's North on the bell here. Well, maybe you misunderstood the invitation. Just when is brunch served? Brunch is a combination of breakfast and lunch, I think. And I distinctly remember, just as we were leaving Charlie Henry's the other night, 
Mrs. North said, come early, because Mr. North doesn't like to sleep late on Sunday morning. Well, I'll ring once more and see what happens. Good morning. Hello, Mrs. North. Oh, good good morning, Ellen and Harold. How nice of you to drop by. Won't you come in? Oh, yes, thank Hi. you. Oh, it's uh, rather drizzly out. Our raincoats are a little damp. Well, here, let me have them. We'll hang them right here in the hall. Oh, fine. That's right. it. Now, come right in here in the living room. Just make yourself comfortable for a while. My, what a lovely room. Oh, it's so charming. And all those books. Well, there must be over a thousand. A thousand and three. Martha, that's our maid, counted them last Thursday. She didn't have much to do. Uh, wait till I call Mr. North. He's still in his robe. Oh, uh, Jerry. Jerry, you remember Ellen and Harold, don't you? Ellen and Harold who? Oh, why, <laughs> beg your pardon. How do you do, Helen and Harold? Awful out, isn't it? No, dear. Ellen and Harold. You remember Charlie Henry the other night? Oh, yes. A nice party, wasn't it? it certainly was. It was swell meeting you, Mrs. North. Mr. North. Oh, you can call me Pam and call Jerry Jerry. Uh, tell me, Ellen, do you often take walks around here on Sunday morning? We always do. Oh, no, we never walk in Greenwich Village. We always do our walking in the Bronx. In the Bronx? Really? Yes, that's where we live. Well, my old boss used to live up there. Uh, Johnson, I think his name is. Uh, you two been married long? Six months. Well, his name is Mallory. Uh, any children? Jerry. <laughs> uh, don't you think you'd better go in and get dressed, dear? Our guests will be here soon. We're having guests, you know, Ellen. Why, yes, we sort of expected you would. Oh, did you? Well, dear, I'll go in and help you find your socks. Oh, you don't have to. They're in the top drawer of the dresser. Martha and I moved them yesterday. House cleaning. We vacuumed everything. You vacuumed... Oh, the socks, yes. Excuse us, will you, for a moment? Mm -hmm. Sure, of course. Just make yourself comfortable. There's some cigars and peanut brittle over there. Be right back. All right, Pam. What's the socks mystery about? Jerry, why did you invite those people here? Why did I? Now, listen, you figure out who they are and then get in touch with me. I'm going to get dressed. <laughs> By the way, where is that brown tweed suit? Have you seen it? But I thought you invited them here. I don't know. Pam, mean... didn't I wear that suit two weeks ago? I'm sure I put it in this closet. Funny. I knew their names and their faces. Now, who in the world is that? Well, that must be Mr. Marconi. Now, darling, you stay here and I'll take care of everything. Wait a minute, Pam. I haven't found that brown tweed. Oh, hello, Harold and Ellen. Hello. Uh, somebody at the door will be right back, and then we'll have a nice short talk. Ah, good morning, Mrs. Anort. How's everything? Oh, come in, Miss Marshall. Let's go into the living room. Uh, shoes. I'd like to tell you, Mrs. Anort, how... Oh, awfully nice of you to come over on Sunday. If you would do something for me, I'd do something for you. It'll work for half a half. A fifty-fifty. What you got, there, you think? Uh... Uh, pardon me, uh, this is Mr. and Mrs. Adams, Mr. Marshall. How do you do? How do you do? I'm pleased to meet you. Uh, this is Mrs. North. Uh, she's a wonderful woman, no? Uh, yes. You know what she's a do for me? Something that's just so marvelous. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Marshall. Now, about this thing... Mrs. But... North, my wife was there. My kids are there. Most of tell you appreciate. Say, Pam, I can't find that brown suit. Now, where in the world... Mrs. Is... North. Oh, hello, Mr. Marshall. Mrs. North, I'm afraid to tell you your wife a thank you. Thank you. What for? What a for? Because she's a giving me this brown tweet of food.
Why did you give my brown tweed suit to Mr. Marconi? Prince. Prince. What is Prince? Prince who? Oh, dear, don't be Ben. You know I'm talking about the Airedale I used to have. His name was Prince, and his coat was just the color of that suit. One day, Prince died, and I was so unhappy I couldn't eat for a week. Well? Well, every time you wore that brown tweed, it all came back to me. And I lost my appetite. For a week? Sometimes longer. Pam, I'm going to count ten. And when I'm finished, I'm going to kill you. Dear, dear you're so whimsical. But I'm glad it's settled once and for all it bothered me a little. Well, let's go out and tell Mr. Marconi about the picnic steak, shall we? All right, Prince. Mr. North, I want to ask you well, something. Well, look, let's get right to the point. Yes, sir. Now, Mr. Marconi... Uh, yes, Mr. You see, we're having guests today. I told you that, didn't I, Ellen? And we wondered if you could get us six nice, juicy steaks. For nobody else, Mr. North. But for you, especially, I open up at the shop on a Sunday. I got it a piece of sirloin. It's a melody in your mouth like a hunk of porterhouse. Why don't you give us the porterhouse? The sirloin is the better. You wait here. I come back before you can say something. Like a Dominique. See, Mrs. North... Your butcher certainly is obliging. He should be. He's wearing my best suit. Oh, darling, let's not start that again. It might be your favorite suit, but you know how I hate it. We don't have that trouble. Harold's best suit is his only suit. Look here, Harold. You're not a communist, are you? No, I'm an architect. I design houses if somebody will let me design a house. Houses? Oh, Jerry... Don't you want me to help you pick out your tie to match your socks? To match my tie? Here we go again. Excuse <clears throat> us, uh, Harold and Ellen, uh, just for a moment. Yes, just keep right on with that peanut bit of them. We don't want to spoil our appetite. Well, uh, smoke the cigars, then. Well, I'm prepared for anything and hoping against the worst. What is it now? Something terrible. I forgot that I invited Harold and Ellen to brunch this morning. Oh, that's not so terrible. They can come to the picnic. Yes, I know, but you see, I also invited eight other very nice people, including Mr. and Mrs. Willoughby. Mr. Willoughby? You mean that writer from Texas, the friend's been trying to get under contract for the last four months? Oh, Pam, why did you do this? He hates people. He hates crowds. This is going to cost me the biggest contract of my career. Well, I thought that you could close the deal over a nice, quiet brunch. Quiet brunch. And that's why I invited Harold, because I thought since Mr. Willoughby was from Texas, he must like houses and would want to build one, and Harold could design it for him. Everything will turn out beautifully, don't you see? Oh, oh sure, I see. Now, look, there's just one chance. We've got to call off that picnic mob right away. They're the ones I'm afraid of. Anybody who's crazy enough to go on a picnic today, I don't trust. All right, dear, you call them. Anyway, the picnic people would never mix with the brunch people. Look, uh, you're taking this very lightly. Pam, just see if you can understand what I'm trying to tell you. Now, if anything happens and I lose that contract, I'll lose my job. Then we won't have any money, so there won't be any place to live. No roof over our heads, no clothes to wear. How would you like that? Jerry, that's what you've always wanted. What do you mean? No responsibilities. <laughs> Oh, 
Gordon, Ellen. It was all a mistake. Jerry's calling off the picnic right now, and we're going to have the brunch after all. We'll eat pretty soon. I hope you're not too hungry. Oh, no. Uh, we had the peanut brittle, didn't we, Ellen? Yes, it uh, was very filling. Now, Harold, I think we'd better talk about how you should handle Mr. Willoughby. I don't think you should start the conversation by mentioning houses. Sort of sneak into it. Uh, sneak into it? Yes. You see, Mr. Willoughby's a southerner, and you might talk about something that will make him feel at home, like cotton or hound dogs. Mrs. North, I don't know anything about cotton, and, and I never went hunting. Oh. Well, then try something else. Maybe Fort Sumter or Southern Fried Chicken. You're smart, Harold. It'll come to you. Ellen, pass me some peanut brittle. Well, my darling, get your fertile mind working again. If you can wriggle out of this one, you'll get time and a half. Anything wrong, Jerry? Oh, not much. Only that your picnic friends don't answer their phones, and that probably means they'll be here any minute. Well, Einstein, what have you got to say? Neat little problem, isn't it? No, Jerry. It's not so difficult. I think I can handle it. Wait a minute. Don't look at me like that. But it's quite obvious, darling. You have to suddenly become very, very sick. Now, Jerry, you'll have to lie oh. quietly or nobody will believe you're sick in bed. Now, well, stop squirming. Ellen, hand me that bandage, oh. will you please? Here you are. Pam, at least tell me what's supposed to be wrong with you. Well, I can't tell yet, dear, until I see how much bandage we have. Pam, in another minute, I'm going to explode. Jerry, Jerry, keep that expression. Looks just like the mom. Oh, dear, I wonder who that is. Harold, you and Ellen had better come with me and wait in the kitchen. Now, Jerry, do something. Get a temperature. We'll be right back. Well, where is the kitchen, Pam? Right through that door there at the left. Now, hurry. Okay, Pam, you can go right ahead. We're in. Oh, fine. Oh, Pierre Dubois. Hello, Pierre. Mrs. Nord, bonjour, bonjour. It is wonderful to see you again. May I kiss the hand? Kiss my hand? I don't think so, Pierre. I've some new nail polish on it, and it may not agree to you. Uh, uh, come right in. And uh, wait. By the way, Pierre, have you noticed the weather out? Oh, it is getting nastier. But you are always right, Pamela, and you say the weather will clear. So what difference does it make? Oh, I see. Well, it's not only that, Pierre, but Jerry is very ill. Oh, man, no. But how terrible. What is the matter? We don't know yet. The specialist and the surgeon haven't arrived. Oh. But this must have happened since you telephoned. What are the symptoms? Well, he's shaking on one side like he has a temperature and shivering on the other side like he has a chill. That's a blur. What are you doing to relieve this? Temporarily hot and cold water bottles. Oh. But he must want his friends at this moment. I insist. I go to him. Oh, just a minute, Pierre. I'd better ask him first. I'll call into him. Oh, Jerry, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Pierre Dubois would like to see you. Just go! All right, dear. The doctor will be here soon. You see how it is, Pierre? Delirious. Well, uh, is there something I can do to help? Something? Yes, there is. You see, excitement would be very bad for Jerry right now. Uh -huh. So if you go outside and wait in your car until the picnic crowd arrives, why, you can tell them how sorry we are, and they'll just all go away. Oh, naturally. I will do this immediately. Oh, thank you, Pierre. Thank you. I'll show you to the door. You can depend on me, Mrs. North. Oh, dear, I wonder who that is now. Wait a second, Pierre. Oh, Mr. Willoughby. How do you do, my dear? Of course you remember my wife, Mary Bell. Yes, of course. Nice to see you again, Mrs. Willoughby. Won't you both come in? Oh, thank you. Thank you. 
just let me have your things. I see it's still raining. Yes, indeed. Mighty hard. <coughs> oh, I yes. beg your pardon. This is Mr. Pierre Bois, Mr. and Mrs. Willoughby. Uh, oh, delighted, I'm sure. You do, it is most unfortunate that you have arrived at this time. What do you mean, sir, unfortunate? Oh, it's nothing. That is... What the... do you mean, nothing? The condition of Mr. North, he is most terribly sick. He's shaking and quivering. Oh, no. I'm afraid we've come at the wrong time. But if there's anything we can do... Mrs. Willoughby, there is. You can stay. Another woman can be such a comfort at a time like this. In that case, I will stay also. Oh, no, no, Pierre, no. You could... Well, you know, outside... Oh, may we? I remember. I will do this time, Mrs. Willoughby. Au revoir. Won't you come into the living room? Sit down. Thank you. But uh, I rather feel, Mrs. North, that Mary Bell and I are in the way. Oh, no, no, you're not. Uh, I may need some help if Jerry gets one of his attacks. And we're going to have brunch, too. Well, don't worry. We'll be glad to stay, my dear. Pam. Oh, Pam. Just a minute, Jerry. Excuse me, please. Oh, well, certainly. Yes, dear. Are you having a pain? What pain? Where did you put my sock? You see, the attack is starting again. What are you talking about, Pam? Just tell me where you hit my clothes. Oh, dear, it's getting worse. It's the cold weather. The cold weather? But the cold weather hasn't started yet. I know, but I guess he feels it coming. Uh, excuse me just for a minute. I'll be right back. Certainly. Jefferson? Yes? Is this Mr. North, the gentleman who's been trying to contact you for his publishing company? Yes, he's the one. Acts mighty strange, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. I've think twice before I had any business dealings with him. I can see, Pam, everything's swell if Pierre just heads off the picnic bunch and we carry right on with Willoughby. The only thing I don't like is you telling him I have fits. Well, you can always explain that, dear, or have one. Now, hurry and get dressed. I'll tell them you're all better. That'll fix things. Yeah, that'll fix things. Good. Oh, well, go on out there and confuse somebody. I'll come in as soon as I'm dressed. All right, dear. Well, Miss Norris, you look much brighter. Your husband all right? He certainly is, Mr. Willoughby. He's as good as new. Better. He made a rather quick recovery, didn't he, Miss Norris? Yes, it's that new drug Jerry takes, uh, sulfur thingamacide. It does everything. Oh, that's the door. Excuse me, will you please? Uh, certainly. It's busy around here, isn't it? I'll be right back. Hello, Mrs. Norris. I've got a summer thing for you that's going to make your mouth to water all over the kitchen. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful, Mr. Marconi. Here, I'll take them. Thank you so much. Wait a minute. We go inside. You look at them all. Let's go in the living room. Well, all right. Go right in. Okay. I want to tell you, Mrs. North, these are state... Oh, excuse me. You got a company. Yes. Mr. and Mrs. Willoughby, I'd like to have you meet a friend of mine, Mr. Marconi. He's an expert on food, especially meat. Why, that's so. Well, I'm very happy to know you, sir. Matter of fact, I'm preparing a book right now about food. Almost finished. I call it cooking for men only. Why, Mr. Willoughby, I thought you wrote serious books about cowboys and cattle. Yes, he does, Miss North. But this book of recipes has been Jefferson's hobby for many years. He only needs a few more to complete the manuscript. And I might tell you he's insane on the subject. Uh, this is most exciting, Mr. Moscone, meeting a gourmet like you. Say, I've been looking for something for ten years. Maybe you've got it. A great recipe for a steak sauce. Steak sauce? I got it the best. You like it to taste? Well, I, I wonder if I could have it for my book, if you don't mind. The shoes. This recipe is a great. I only give it to people I like. He's a hand it down from my great grandfather to my grandfather to my father to me. 
But I don't want to hand it to my son. He's a bigger crook. Wait till I put a decent steak in the kitchen. Then I'll give you the steak recipe. Come on, Mrs. We'll be right back, Mr. Willoughby. Isn't that nice about the recipe? It sure is. Jefferson? Yeah? Something's puzzling me. Uh, do you think this Miss Marconi is a tradesman? Why, that's absurd. It's Sunday, for one thing. No tradesman to wear such a perfectly tailored imported tweed. Well, that's what I thought. This brunch we're here for. Well, maybe the customer is different up north here. Huh? Evidently, one's supposed to bring some food. Oh, I think you're right, my dear. Uh, what'll we do about it? Uh, well, uh, well, why don't we go out uh, quietly and come back with the power? Yeah, but I don't want to take the chance of losing Mr. Moscone. I, I want that recipe. If it measures up the expectations, I want it for my book. Now, Jefferson, you'll be able to talk to him all afternoon. Now, let's go. I'll be happy opportunity. I'm all dressed now. Let's... Hey, Pam. Mr. Willoughby. What's that? The... Pam, where are you? Oh, Jerry, what's the matter? Hello, Mr. Norris. How's oh, your headache, Mr. Norris? Never mind that. Where's Mr. Willoughby, Pam? Well, I left him and his wife right here in the living room just a second ago. Harold. Ellen, did you see them? Oh, no, Harold and I have been hiding in the kitchen. Pam. Pam, please try to remember. Did you do anything? Did you say anything that could have upset them? Think, Pam. Concentrate. I don't know what to say, Jerry. Maybe they went for a walk. Walk. They probably walked out on us. What a wonderful surprise you planned. I was going to get the contract, and Harold was going to design a house. But won't you be surprised tomorrow night when I come home and tell you I've been fired? Well, folks, I'm going to leave you to fight. That's a very healthy. Uh, I'm going to take the wife and the kids to a farm in Indiana, two weeks on occasion. Uh, so long, and thanks again for the brown and sweetest food. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Moscone. And thank you very much for everything. Now, this is the end. First, in the middle of a rainstorm, you start to arrange a picnic. Then you have to call off the picnic because you arranged the brunch. You give away my best suit, you drag Ellen and Harold down here from the Bronx, and finally I lose the best writer I ever hoped to get. Pam, I don't know why I married you. Jerry, you were in love with me. What makes you so sure? Well, it was before the draft, dear. <laughs> for over 15 minutes. The last of the Willoughby's, I guess. Oh, don't feel too badly about it, Mr. North. I don't. That's right, Jerry. There are other writers. They'd be better than Mr. Willoughby. Oh, yeah? I'll buy all you can find. Oh, hey. Hey, maybe they came back. Uh, I'll go, Mr. North. Hurry, Harold. Yeah, it must be Willoughby. I I've got one of my hunches. Oh, Pamela, I've been sitting in the car for half an hour. Oh, it's you. Some hunch. Jerry! You are all better. Oh, my friend, this is wonderful, merveilleux. That's pretty good. What's the trouble, Pierre? Something happened outside? Oh, but no, that is the trouble. Nothing at all happened. But now that you have recovered, Jerry, we can go on the picnic, yes? Yeah, you said it. Look, Pierre, you go uh, go and wait in the car, see? When that gang comes, bring him up in a body. Sure, we'll go on a picnic. Of course, we'll go out in the rain. What do we care? Come on, Pierre, I'll take you to the door. Jerry, Jerry, are you sure you're feeling all right? Oh, Jerry, my friend, I'm very glad to see you so happy. We'll have some fun, yes? Yes, I'll say we will. Pierre. Pierre, who do you see coming up the front steps? Why, your friends, Monsieur and Madame Willoughby. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Willoughby, what happened to you? We, we thought you'd left. Oh, no, Mr. North, but why aren't you in bed? Uh, we thought you were seriously ill. Why, I never felt better. Just recovered. It, it was uh, miraculous. Uh, uh, Pierre, huh? forget what I just told you. 
Do what Pam told you in the first place. Yeah, but, but, but why is this? I go, but I don't understand. I'm confused, but I go. Yeah, I'll leave the door unlocked. Uh, when it's all over, you come back here. Uh, come right in, won't you? Sure. <laughs> Let's go right into the living room again. I want you to be very comfortable. Well, we're very pleased to see you out of bed, Mr. North, and fully recovered from your last uh, yeah. Oh, uh, there you are, Mrs. North. Glad you returned, Mr. Willoughby. Awfully glad. Well, my child, in honor of your brunch and to show our appreciation for your hospitality, we wanted to accept, accept this little pie. Why, Mr. Willoughby, isn't that sweet? Nothing. Oh, thank you both so much. Oh, Adam. Uh, how do you do? Harold is a wonderful architect. Designs houses, you know. You do need a new house in Texas, don't you, Mr. Willoughby? Well, frankly, we are going to build a new estate, but I'm surprised. I thought Mrs. Willoughby and I were the only ones who knew that. It's amazing. But I'll, uh, I'll talk to you about that uh, later on the day, young man. Oh, that'll be swell, Mr. Willoughby. Swell. Well, now, Mr. North, I've got some news for you. Yes? In return for that marvelous service you did for me today, I talked it over with my wife, and I decided to let your company handle my publishing exclusively. Really? Well, I, I don't know how to thank you, but uh, what's the service I did for you? Why, it was through you all I met your friend, Mr. Moscone. Now, if you bring him out, I, I'll take down that recipe. I want to test it out right away. It might be just what I've been looking for for so many years. Mr. Willoughby, uh -huh. do you have to have it right now? I can't wait. This little book of mine's going to the printer in two days. Uh, where is Miss Marsoni? Well, he left, and he won't be back for two weeks. What? Well, can't you catch him? Well, where did he go? Went to a farm in Indiana. That's all he told me. He told you? Do you mean to stand there and tell me you let him get away? I never heard of a thing like that, my well, life. Mr. Willoughby, we didn't know you wanted the recipe right away. If you'd spend less time having tips and pay more attention to human welfare in general, you know those things. I know, but Come I... Come on, Maribel. I don't think these people are my friends. Wait a minute, Mr. Willoughby. Well? Oh, I just remembered. I've got the recipe. Mr. Moscone once gave it to me as a special favor, and I... Oh, the only thing is... Uh, what? I can't remember where I put it. Oh, Pam, can't you find it someplace? Look, don't you have any idea where it is? No, I haven't the faintest idea. Well, that settles it. I've never heard of such a crazy household in all my born days. Come on, Maribel. Let's get out of here. Everybody's arrived downstairs and they insist you have this picnic. Oh, Pierre, go away. Go away? But they're all waiting. Herb says we haven't much time. Oh, oh, wait a second. Herb, time, time, Herb, darling, darling, that's where it is, the recipe. And my herb book under time, spices. I've got it right here on the shelf. But, but this is no time to talk of recipes. Are we going on this picnic or not? They're waiting. Well, I don't know, Pierre. Mr. Willoughby doesn't like crowds. Well, nonsense. I... I want to try this recipe right away. I'm one of Mr. Moscone's sticks. We love picnics, don't we, Maribel? Yes, Jefferson, I think we love it. Mr. Willoughby, here it is, the recipe. Wait. And I've got all the ingredients right here in the house. And if you don't think it's the best steak sauce you ever tasted, why, well, you will. Oh, well, then everything is settled, and we will have a wonderful time. Yes? No? And, darling, yes. look out the window. The sun is shining. I told you it would be a beautiful day. Remember? Yes, I remember. Uh, look, you all go down to the cars. I'll be along in just a minute. There's something I have to do. Well, uh, hurry up now. Don't take too long. Oh, no, no, no. I'll see you in a minute. Hello, operator. Let me have the weather bureau. Hello, weather bureau. What are you planning for today? Fair and warmer? Very sunny? Would you recommend a picnic? Well, you would, huh? Well, why don't you guys make up your mind? 
Be sure to tune in next week at this same time for another visit with Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Peggy Conklin. Original music for this program was under the direction of Don Voorhees. This series is written and produced by Howard Harris and Martin Goss. Dan Seymour speaking and bidding you all good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. came from over by the fountain. Come on. Wait, look, that man running out of the park. Pam, you and Alan stay here. I'm going to follow that guy. Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Barbara Britton and Richard Denning. Listen as Pam and Jerry solve the mystery, Murder for Sale. On a February night such as this, the fog steals up the East River from the bay. The Williamsburg Bridge is an island in the mist. And the dark waters below the bridge are cold and moody. A reflection of the eyes of the tall, prosperous, middle-aged man who stands at the rail, unaware of the woman approaching him. Got a cigarette? What? I asked if you had a cigarette. No. Okay, so I'll smoke one of my own. Stinking night, ain't it? Uh, look, honey, don't do it. Do what? What you're trying to make up your mind to do? What you were singing about back in Duchess? Duchess? Yeah, the bar that you was just in. I saw you, staring into your drink the same way you're looking down at the river. Would you mind leaving me alone, miss? Just call me Lucille. You know, I had a hunch you was headed for the bridge when you left Duchess. Very intuitive of you. Yeah. Now, will you please go away? What is it, honey? Is it poor health money, a woman? <laughs> Gotta be one of the three, but you don't look sick and... The role you flashed in Duchess didn't come from a county relief check, so... So it must be a woman. Yeah. A shrewd deduction. Yeah. Yeah, but it ain't worth it. You know, that river's wet and cold, and when you're dead, you're dead a long, long time. Yes. Have one of my smokes, honey. No, thank you. Yeah. Day must be quite a day, huh? Your wife? Mm-hmm. Your wife. And another guy up there. Would you please let me out? And so you're going to make him feel real bad, like a couple of heels by taking a brody into the river. Well, that's okay, except they'll get over feeling bad, but you won't get over being dead. So, from your angle, it don't add. Have you ever been in love? <laughs> you said your name's Lucille. Lucille what? I'll just leave it at that, huh? I'll call you Mr. Smith. So you're Mr. Smith and I'm Lucille. I'm cold, I'm broke, and I'm thirsty. Could I buy you a drink? Oh, anything but water, honey. I hate water. Rough pipes. Drowns people. Jerry, it's after nine. Let's get out of here. Okay, darling. I hate these cocktail parties. <laughs> so do I. Come on, let's go. Who are you looking for? Well, I thought Charles and Ellen would be here. The Prescott? Yeah. I wanted to see Charlie on a business thing. Jerry! Huh? How are you? I haven't seen you for months. Mark! How's the publishing business? Oh, fine. How's the stock market? Oh, up and down. Mark, I'd like you to meet my wife. So this is Pam. I've heard a lot about you from Ellen, uh, Mrs. Prescott. Pam, this is Mark Willie. How do you do? You two aren't leaving, are you? Yeah, afraid so, Mark. I was hoping uh, Charlie and Ellen Prescott would show up, but... Oh, Jerry, there's Ellen coming in now. Yeah, but Charlie doesn't seem to be with her. Excuse me, will you, Jerry? Well, well sure, Mark. Hi, Mr. Willie. Ellen? Ellen? Oh, 
were able to make it. Yeah. Charles isn't with you. No. Keep your coat on. Mark, where are you taking me? Out on the balcony. <sighs> what a jam. Ellen. No, Mark. Gee, somebody might see us. I wish somebody would. Mark. Some fat-mouthed gossip who'd go running to Charles. Apparently, that's the only way he's going to find out about us. Mark, will you... Or have you told him? You know I haven't. I know you've promised to. Last week and the week before that and a couple of months before that. Ellen, how long is this going to go on? Mark, why must you always make a crisis of every time we see one another? I don't. I merely want to know what you're going to do about telling Charles you want a divorce. Well, it's... It's so hard. Is it any easier than this? Look, Ellen. If you don't tell him, I will. No, please. Mark, give me a little more time. How much more? Uh, a week. Ellen. A week, Mark, please. I, I promise you. A week from today, you'll have your answer. Okay. So, go on, Mr. Smith. And that's it? After ten years, your wife's in love with another guy, huh? Yes. Is she younger than you? Almost 20 years younger. Oh. Here are your drinks. Yeah, thanks, Dutch. Take it out of this. Sure. Hey, well, put something in the juice box, huh, Dutch? Okay. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just wondering why I've told you all this. Honey, you're in the kind of mood where you talk to a lamppost if it stands still and listens to you. And so just because you lose your wife, you want to step off the middle of a bridge. Uh, look, like I said, you can make your wife and her chum feel like well, something you wouldn't scrape off the sidewalk. And you can be the greatest guy in the cemetery. You take a Brody and your wife's a jerk, her boyfriend's a dog. Everybody feels sorry for poor old Smith. Everybody has a good ball. So what do you get except a good funeral? Listen, you say your wife doesn't know that you know anything about this guy, right? Yes. Doesn't even suspect? Nobody does? No. Then you wouldn't be suspected if something happened to the guy. Happened to him? What do you mean? You know what I mean. Are you suggesting I'm suggesting a funeral for him instead of you. Okay, so that doesn't make your wife love you again. Maybe, well, maybe it doesn't even keep her from leaving you. But if you can't have her, why should she get what she wants? No. Better than a river, honey. I'm not a murderer. I know you're not, honey, but I got a gentleman friend who is. What? If you've got a thousand dollars, my friend's got a gun. You're not serious. Oh? You can't be. Oh, stop looking like you forgot to take your hat off in church. I make a federal case out of something so simple. Simple? Yeah, simple. Is life of yours, ain't it? No. Well, then what were you doing out there on the bridge? Enjoying the view of Flatbush in the fog or just enjoying feeling sorry for yourself? Ah, guys like you make me sick. You've got as much backbone as Dutch's bar towel. Hey, Dutch, set me up one at the bar, will you? Wait. Well? Nothing. Look, Mr. Smith, I'm not trying to sell you anything. you got a problem. I told you how you could solve it. You don't like it my way? Okay, have it yours. No skin off my nose. But if you change your mind, you know where to find me. It's awfully nice of you to drive me home. Not at all, Ellen. I'm sorry Charlie couldn't make the party. Yes, it was too bad. By the way, I didn't know Charlie and you were acquainted with Mark Willard. Mark? Oh, yes. Yes, we met him last summer in Southampton. Oh, Mark's a nice fellow. Yes. Yes, he is. Oh, here we are, Jerry. Right. Well, uh, thanks again for the lift. Okay, Ellen. 
We'll have to get together real soon, Ellen. Yes. Good night. Say hello to Charlie for us. Ellen? Oh, Charles, you're home. I just got in a few minutes ago. Did you go to the Lindell's party? Yes, I, I'm sorry you couldn't make it. I called your office about nine, but there wasn't any answer. I felt like getting a little fresh air. I went for a walk. Is anything wrong, Charles? Wrong? Well, no, darling. Not with me. But you look terribly tired. I am. I think I'll go straight up to bed if you don't mind. Of course not. I'm going to read for a while. Good night, Ellen. Charles. Yes? Charles, I'd like to go away. Away where? Well, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I just want to get away. Alone? Yes. A little sudden, isn't it? Oh, yes, I suppose it is, but... Well, how long would you be gone? A week. All right, darling. We'll talk about it tomorrow in the morning, and I'll have the office make the necessary arrangements. Thank you, Charles. You're awfully sweet to me. It's not hard, Ellen. Loving you as much as I do. Good night. Good night, Charles. Ellen? Yes? Was Mark Willard at the party? Why, yes, he was. Why do you ask? Just wondered. He's handling a little stock transaction for me. I thought he might have mentioned how he was making out on it. Well, no, he didn't say anything about it. Well, I'd better call him in the morning in case he's going out of town. Good night, Charles.
Did you hear? <laughs> A cinch. It's the doorbell. Oh. Must be someone at the door. Yeah. Oh, sounds logical. Put on your robe and slippers, dear. Mm. Yeah, yeah, coming. Yeah, now what do you think? Ellen. Jerry, may I talk to you? Well, sure, sure. Come on in. Thanks. Sam and Ellen Prescott. Come into the living room, Ellen. I'm sorry to barge in at this hour of the morning, dear. You must be about five. Yeah, 5.30. Ellen, Ellen, darling, what is it? Is something the matter? I, I'm not sure. Oh, what is it, Ellen? I've been up all night trying to find Charles. He was home when I came in last night. I went directly upstairs, and a few minutes later, I heard him leave the house. And you haven't seen him or heard from him since? No. Do you have any idea where he was going? None. He didn't say anything to me about going out. Something's happened to him. I know it has. Oh, now take it easy. Oh, if anything had happened to him, if he'd been in an accident or if he'd been taken to a hospital, you'd surely have been notified by this time. Oh, ma'am, you don't understand. If something's happened, it wasn't an accident. Huh? What do you mean, Ellen? I... I never heard of it. I've been such a fool. Oh, Ellen. Now, come on. Tell us about it, Ellen. I... I believe Charles knows I've been seeing another man. Oh, Ellen, no. I, I thought Charles knew nothing about Mark. Mark? Mark Willard? Yes. Oh, great. Mark wants me to divorce Charles. Marry him. But last night after the cocktail party, I... Well, I don't know what happened, but... I decided to tell Mark I still love Charles, and I'm not going to divorce him. Alan, what did you mean when you said that if something had happened to Charles, it wasn't an accident? I, I'm afraid he might... Kill himself? Jerry. Sorry, but that's what she means. And this is no time to be delicate. Though, my guess is that Charles isn't stupid enough to do anything like that. Well, then where could he be? Pam, get Ellen to bed. Make her get some sleep. I'm going out. Where? To find Charles. That stock deal we were discussing a couple of weeks ago, I want to talk to you about it again. At 9 o'clock in the middle of Simmons Park? There's someone I want you to meet, uh, Mark. A man I think you can uh, do some good with in a business way. He lives near the park, and I thought we could meet there and go on together. Well, all right, Charles. Simmons Park, 9 o'clock. Sharp. Sharp. Charles. Jerry. Well, this is the pleasant... When the devil did you get home? Why? What's wrong? I've been looking all over town for you since 5.30 this morning. And before that, Ellen had spent half the night doing the same thing. Something the matter? Oh, no, no, not a thing, except that no one has heard from you for over 18 hours. And Ellen is at our apartment out of her mind worrying about you. I'm sorry. I should have told her I had to run down to Philadelphia this morning. Now, look, Charlie, let's stop kidding. Kidding? Oh, about what? Philadelphia. And whether Ellen would worry and... And about Mark Willard. Mark Willard? You know that Ellen's been seeing him, don't you? I don't know what you're talking about. I think you do. But something I know you don't know is that Ellen is still in love with you. In love with me? Yes. Jerry, if this is some sort of a joke... It's no joke. If you think it is, call Ellen at my place and let her tell you herself. But I... Jerry, look, I have to make a phone call. All right, I'll wait for you. No, no, please don't. Charlie, what is... Jerry, go on home and tell Ellen you saw me and not to worry, and I'll be there shortly. But don't you... Okay. Thanks, thanks. 
See you in a little while, huh? Yes, yes. Mr. Willard, please. I'm sorry, Mr. Willard isn't in. Not in? He left for the day. Well, why can I reach him? This is Charles Prescott. I'm sorry, sir, but Mr. Willard didn't say where he could be reached. But it's urgent. You must have some idea where I can get in touch with him. You must. I'm sorry, Mr. Prescott, but all Mr. Willard said when he left was that he was going out for cocktails and dinner before keeping a nine o'clock appointment. <laughs> I know Lucille. Say, you're the guy that was in here with her last night, ain't you? Yes. Can you tell me how I can get in touch with her? Well, she usually comes in here about nine, nine. I have to get in touch with her immediately. Do you know where she lives? No. You're lying. Now, just a minute, mister. No guy's going to call me a liar. Please, please. I'm sorry. I apologize, but I have to find Lucille. What you do, slip your mickey and take you for that roll you was flashing last no, night? No, no. Then what's your brief? Look who picks up who or what in here and what happens after they leave is none of my business. Stop. Listen to me, please. Listen. It's worth fifty dollars to me if you can give me any idea where I can find Lucille. Fifty. Here, here. Oh, that Lucille must have more on the ball than I figured. Okay, Mister, I got a phone number. That's all, and that's on the level. Just a phone number. All right, give it to me. Yeah, let's see now. I had it written down right here. Will you hurry up? I'm looking. Hold your hook. Ah, here, here, yeah. Pennsylvania six zero five nine nine. Pennsylvania six zero five nine nine. Lucille? That's right. Who's this, honey? Mrs. Smith. Smith? The man you met in the bridge last night. Bridge? What bridge? What's the matter with you? This is a man with whom you made a certain arrangements. What is this, a gag? Listen to me. It's after eight. We haven't much time. Those arrangements must be canceled. You must get in touch with your friend and tell him not to keep the appointment in Timmons Park. Look, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't meet any man on the bridge, and I didn't make any arrangements. And I never knew anybody named Smith. Will you listen to... Hello? 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 Hello, darling. Jerry, darling, where have you been? Oh, ask me where I haven't been. It'd be easier to answer. What do you mean? Well, I saw Charles at his house, but he practically showed me the door. What? Let me finish. After I left, I waited in the car. In a few minutes, he came out and took a taxi to a dive called Duchess on the Lower East Side. Then he left there, went to Mark Willard's apartment, and after that he, he went to practically every restaurant and cocktail lounge in town. Well, where is he now? I don't know. I lost him. And I gather you or Ellen haven't heard from him. No, but Mark Willard called Ellen here and said he had an appointment with Charles at 9 in Simmons Park. Simmons Park? Well, why the devil are they meeting there? I don't know. Neither does Mark Willard. All he said was that Charles insisted on it. What time is it now? It's about 8.35. Look. You and Ellen take a taxi and meet me at the Maynard Drive entrance to the park. If the three of us hurry, we can just about make it by nine. In the name of heaven, driver, can't you go any faster? I'm doing the best I can, Mac. But it's only a couple of minutes to nine. And I... Relax, Mac. It's a couple of minutes to nine twice a day. But you don't understand. This is a matter of life or death. Yeah, sure, Mac. It always is. It is if I'm not at Simmons Park by nine. But you're there, Mac. Right now. There we are. Hey, listen. Nine on the nose. Hey, Mac. Hey, what about my fare? 
March! March! Look out! Job. Yeah, he just jumped out of a cab and ran into the park. Jerry! Oh, those were gunshots. Oh. Come on. What in the world is happening? I don't know, but hold it. What? Look over there. That man running out of the park. Well, he must have been over by the fountain, too. Yeah. Pam, you and Ellen go on to Charles and Mark. I'm going to grab the car and try to follow that man. Jerry! Darling, be careful. Come on, Pam. Charles! 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 Ellen, Pam, what are you doing here? Never mind that now. Go call an ambulance. No, no, don't. Go on, Marty. Charles, yes. was it? What happened? That uh, meant for Mark. For Mark? Ellen, Jerry told me you weren't going to leave me. Never, never leave me. I'll never leave you. Thank you, Thank Joker runs into the park yelling, Mark, Mark, look out. Go on. Well, the guy at the fountain moved just as I let a blast, and the jerk that yelled at him ran to a free slug. Was the guy you shot, the guy was in here talking to me last I night? I tell you, I don't know who he was. It was dark. Didn't even see him till after I started blasting. What? Must have been. Why the stupid jerk? What was he doing there? I don't know, and I didn't wait around to ask. Well, you sure messed this up. I messed it up? Yeah. You're the one who made the deal. You're the one who said it was solid. All right, all right. Besides, what difference does it make? It works out better this way. We got the dough, and the only guy could hook us up with the caper I'm going to be talking. Yeah, that's right. I hadn't thought of that. So cheer up. Let me say we blow this joint, huh? Where you want to go? What do you think? Come on. Night, Dutch. Yeah. Think I'm night. Me, I like the fun. Oh, you would. Um, my place? Your place. Sorry, but it's going to be my place. That's the man, officer. Well, well, my old friend Spade Loomis. This will be a pleasure. Spade's worn these cuffs off, and I'm thinking of having a monogram with these initials. Come along, Spade. We'll take it out. Look out, Murdoch! Are you okay, Murdoch? Fit as a fiddle, Mr. North. Spade! Oh, Spade! I'm afraid he can't hear you. Like you said yourself, lady, it's a stinking night. Well, it certainly didn't take that Lucille woman long to break down once they got her down to headquarters, did it? Nope. Tired? At four o'clock in the morning, what do you think? We'll be home soon. Yeah. Oh, here we are, driver. Pull up in front of that tavern. Here you are. Keep the change. Oh, I wish the police would have let me drive our car instead of riding in the squad car. We'd have been home by this time. Stop grumbling, sleepyhead. I'm telling you, if I'm not home and in bed within 15 minutes, I'm dead. Well, you will be. And instead of grousing so much, you should be thankful that nothing happened to you in that gunfight between mm. Officer Murdoch and that Loomis man. Here's the car. Come on out. Oh, no. What? Look at that tire. 
flat. What did you say about nothing happening to me in that gunfight? What has the gunfight to do with it? Look at the way the tires rip. One of the bullets hit it. sure to have more exciting adventures next week. Listen in, won't you? There's always mystery well sprinkled with humor on Mr. and Mrs. North. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service. to introduce you to Mr. and Mrs. North. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this new series of programs, which each week at this time will present America's most attractive young couple, Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Peggy Conklin in the role she created on the Broadway stage with Carl Eastman as Mr. North. In the neighborhood where Pam and Jerry North live, they're known as that delightful, though slightly delirious duo. To Mr. Robinson, the grocer, there's no customer whom he'd rather wait on than Pamela North, even though she occasionally pays her bill with an unsigned check. Over at the Dodson Publishing Company, Jerry North, rising young editor, not only discusses Eugene O'Neill with the president, but also Dick Tracy with the office boys. In short, Pam and Jerry will often amuse you, sometimes confuse you, but will certainly never bore you. As our story opens, it's early Sunday morning. So now... Let's meet Mr. and Mrs. North. 
It's 8.30. You've already mm. slept 12 hours. Do you want to spend the whole day in bed? <clears throat> yeah. Oh. Jerry. Jerry, please wake up. You're spoiling all my plans. Mm. Plans? What plans? For the picnic, dear. You know, the picnic. Oh, yes, dear. We'll talk about it in the morning. <laughs> Good night, dear. Jerry. Jerry, come on now and get up. Get up. Pam, don't pull the covers off. I'm cold. But it's warm, dear, for the picnic. It's a beautiful day out. How can I tell? Pull the shades up. Darling, the shades are up. Oh, Pam, go to bed. It's a horrible day. The worst day of the year. But it's going to be nice. I can tell. All right. Give me the phone. What are you going to do? Hello, operator. Give me the weather bureau. Isn't that silly, Jerry? I just finished telling you... Hello, weather bureau. What are you planning for today? Clouding? Followed by rain? And colder? Would you recommend a picnic? You wouldn't? Thanks very much. Jerry, that's perfectly ridiculous. You know they have a little man down there with rheumatism. And every time it hurts him, they say it's going to rain. Now hurry and take your shower, dear. I've got your gray suit all laid out in the dressing room. Darling, I'm not going to wear my best suit to a picnic. Especially a rainy picnic. Now just get my brown tweed, huh? Oh, not that old, ugly brown tweed. You don't seem to understand. The material was woven by hand. That suit comes from London. Yes, but we don't have as many fogs over here, dear, and people will see you in it. Now, hurry, Jerry, come on. By the way, Dr. Livingston, who's making this trip with us? Well, I haven't invited anyone yet, but I thought I'd call Herb and Kate, the Flemings, and Charlie and Jean, and, oh, yes, darling, that French fellow, Pierre Dubois, he's charming. Charming. Well, that settles it. Count me out. Now, Dear, it's so silly of you to get angry every time Pierre kisses my hand. Well, I don't mind him kissing your hand, but I do get so when he starts biting your nails. <laughs> Jerry, you do love me, don't you? Yes, I suppose so. Well, say you do. All right, I, I love you. And I love you, too. Now, put on your gray suit, dear. I'm telling you right now, if Pierre Dubois but goes... I'm only I... inviting him for your sake. He can gather wood and make the fire. And besides, he knows all about the birds and the flowers. Really? Do you think his mother should have told him? Expect me to wash my face if your stockings are in the sink. Well, take a hot tub, dear. Go soak yourself. I can't. Your girdle's in there. <laughs> Just a minute, Jerry. Hello, Mr. Moscone. This is Mrs. North. Who are you talking to, dear? Mr. Moscone, the butcher. Hello, Mr. Moscone. I wonder whether you'd do me a big favor. Could you come over here right away? Pam, it's Sunday. I know, Jerry, I know. What's that? You will come over? Oh, Mr. Moscone, you're the nicest butcher. Oh, yes, you are. Bye. I think that's an imposition, Pam. Why should he come over here on Sunday? That's all right, Jerry. He won't mind. I know. Wait a minute. What do you mean, you know? Well, I've 
done some favors for him. Now, what kind of favors can you do for a butcher besides buying meatballs from him? <laughs> oh, dear, you say such amusing things. But you'll feel better when you get out in the hot sun. Incidentally, while you were having coffee, I made the calls, and everybody will meet here in a few hours, about noon. Well, there's the doorbell, Sam. You'll have to answer it. I'm not dressed. Well, it couldn't be Mr. Marconi. Are you expecting anyone? Now, you know I'm not. I don't understand why I can't sleep on Sunday morning. Other men do. You really think I should answer it, Jerry? After all, it's so early, and people shouldn't come calling. Well, I guess nobody's home, Ellen. It's funny, this is the 21st, isn't it? Yes, Harold. Are you sure this is the right address? It says North on the bell here. Well, maybe you misunderstood the invitation. Just when is brunch served? Brunch is a combination of breakfast and lunch, I think. And I distinctly remember, just as we were leaving Charlie Henry's the other night, Mrs. North said, come early, because Mr. North doesn't like to sleep late on Sunday morning. Well, I'll ring once more and see what happens. Good morning. Hello, Mrs. North. Oh, good good morning, Ellen and Harold. How nice of you to drop by. Won't you come in? Oh, yes, thank Hi. you. Oh, it's uh, rather drizzling out. Our raincoats are a little damp. Well, here, let me have them. We'll hang them right here in the hall. Oh, fine. That's right. it. Now, come right in here in the living room. Just make yourself comfortable for a while. My, what a lovely room. Oh, it's so charming. And all those books. Well, there must be over a thousand. A thousand and three. Martha, that's our maid, counted them last Thursday. She didn't have much to do. Uh, wait till I call Mr. North. He's still in his robe. Oh, uh, Jerry. Jerry, you remember Ellen and Harold, don't you? Ellen and Harold who? Oh, I beg your pardon. How do you do, Helen and Harold? Awful out, isn't it? No, dear. Ellen and Harold. You remember Charlie Henry's the other night? Oh, yes. A nice party, wasn't it? Certainly was. It was well meeting you, Mrs. North. Uh, Mr. North. Oh, you can call me Pam and call Jerry Jerry. Uh, tell me, Ellen, do you often take walks around here on Sunday morning? We always do. Oh, no, we never walk in Greenwich Village. We always do our walking in the Bronx. In the Bronx? Really? Yes, that's where we live. Oh, my old boss used to live up there. Uh, Johnson, I think his name is. Uh, you two been married long? Six months. Oh, his name is Mallory. Yeah. Uh, any children? Jerry. <laughs> you think you'd better go in and get dressed, dear? Our guests will be here soon. We're having guests, you know, Ellen. Why, yes, we sort of expected you would. Oh, did you? Well, dear, I'll go in and help you find your socks. Well, you don't have to. They're in the top drawer of the dresser. Martha and I moved them yesterday. House cleaning. We vacuumed everything. You vacuumed all the socks, yes. Excuse us, will you, for a moment? Sure, of course. Just make yourself comfortable. There's some cigars and peanut brittle over there. Be right back. All right, Pam, what's the socks mystery about? Jerry, why did you invite those people here? Why did I invite... Now, listen, you figure out who they are and then get in touch with me. I'm going to get dressed. <laughs> By the way, where is that brown tweed suit? Have you seen it? But I thought you invited them here. I don't... Pam, didn't I wear that suit two weeks ago? Sure, I put it in this closet. Funny. I knew their names and their faces. Now, who in the world is that? Well, that must be Mr. Marconi. Now, darling, you stay here and I'll take care of everything. Wait a minute, Sam. I haven't found that brown tweed. Oh, dear, what a Oh, hello, Harold and Ellen. Hello. Uh, somebody at the door will be right back, and then we'll have a nice short talk. Ah, good morning, Mrs. Anorth. Now, how's everything? Oh, come in, Mr. Marconi. 
go into the living room. Uh, shoes. I'd like to tell you, Mrs. Norris, how... awfully nice of you to come over on Sunday. If you would do something for me, I'd do something for you. It'll work for half a half. A fifty-fifty. What you got there, see you see? Uh, pardon me. This is Mr. and Mrs. Adams, Mr. Marconi. How do you do? How do you do? I'm pleased to meet you. Uh, this is Mrs. North. Uh, she's a wonderful woman, no? Uh, yes. You know what she's a do for me? Something that's just too marvelous. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Marconi. Now, about this thing... Mrs. Mrs. North. My wife was there. My kids are there. Most of tell you appreciate. Say, Pam, I can't find that brown suit. Now, where in the world Me, is... Senor. Oh, hello, Mr. Marconi. Me, Senor. I'm afraid to tell you your wife a tangy. Thank you. What for? What a for? Because she's a giving me this brown suit of suit. <laughs> bedroom for ten minutes and you haven't made any sense yet. Why did you give my brown tweed suit to Mr. Marconi? Prince. Prince. What is Prince? Prince who? Oh, dear, don't be dense. You know I'm talking about the Airedale I used to have. His name was Prince, and his coat was just the color of that suit. One day, Prince died, and I was so unhappy I couldn't eat for a week. Well? Well? Every time you wore that brown tweed, it all came back to me. And I lost my appetite. For a week? Sometimes longer. Pam, I'm going to count ten. And when I'm finished, I'm going to kill you. Dear, dear you're so whimsical. But I'm glad it's settled once and for all it bothered me a little. Well, let's go out and tell Mr. Marconi about the picnic steak, shall we? All right, Prince. Mr. Norris, I want to ask you well, something. Look, let's get right to the point. Yes, sir. And uh, Mr. Marconi. Uh, yes, sir, Mr. And you see, we're having guests today. I told you that, didn't I, Ellen? And we wondered if you could get us six nice, juicy steaks. Well, nobody else, Mrs. Norris. But for you, it's special. I open up at the shop on a Sunday. I got it a piece of sirloin. It's a melody in your mouth like a hunk of porterhouse. Why don't you give us the porterhouse? The sirloin is better. You wait here. I come back before you can say something. Like a dominant. See, Mrs. Norris. Your butcher certainly is obliging. He should be. He's wearing my best suit. Darling, let's not start that again. It might be your favorite suit, but you know how I hate it. We don't have that trouble. Harold's best suit is his only suit. Look here, Harold. You're not a communist, are you? No, I'm an architect. I design houses if somebody will let me design a house. Houses? Oh, Jerry, don't you want me to help you pick out your tie to match your thoughts? To match my tie? Here we go again. <clears throat> Excuse us, Harold and Ellen, uh, just for a moment. Yes, just keep right on with that peanut brittle. We don't want to spoil our appetite. Well, uh, the smoke the cigars, then. Well, I'm prepared for anything and hoping against the worst. What is it now? Something terrible. I forgot that I invited Harold and Ellen to brunch this morning. Oh, that's not so terrible. They can come to the picnic. Yes, I know, but you see, I also invited eight other very nice people, including Mr. and Mrs. Willoughby. Mr. Willoughby? You mean that writer from Texas, the friend's been trying to get under contract for the last four months? Oh, Pam, why did you do this? He hates people. He hates crowds. This is going to cost me the biggest contract of my career. Well, I thought that you could close the deal over a nice, quiet brunch. Quiet brunch. And that's why I invited Harold, because I thought since Mr. Willoughby was from Texas, he must like houses and would want to build one, and Harold could design it for him. Everything will turn out beautifully. Don't you see? Oh, oh sure, I see. Now, look, there's just one chance. We've got to call off that picnic mob right away. They're the ones I'm afraid of. Anybody who's crazy enough to go on a picnic today, I don't trust. All right, dear, you call them. 
Anyway, the picnic people would never mix with the brush people. Look, uh, you're taking this very lightly. Pam, just see if you can understand what I'm trying to tell you. Now, if anything happens and I lose that contract, I'll lose my job. Then we won't have any money, so there won't be any place to live. No roof over our heads, no clothes to wear. How would you like that? But, Jared, that's what you've always wanted. What do you mean? No responsibilities. Harold and Ellen, it was all a mistake. Jerry's calling off the picnic right now, and we're going to have the brunch after all. We'll eat pretty soon. I hope you're not too hungry. Oh, no, uh, we had the peanuts brittle, didn't we, Ellen? Yes, it uh, was very filling. Now, Harold, I think we'd better talk about how you should handle Mr. Willoughby. I don't think you should start the conversation by mentioning houses. Sort of sneak into it. Uh, sneak into it? Yes, you see, Mr. Willoughby's a southerner, and you might talk about something that will make him feel at home, like cotton or hound dogs. Mrs. Norther, I don't know anything about cotton, and, and I never went hunting. Oh, well, then try something else. Maybe Fort Sumter or Southern Fried Chicken. You're smart, Harold. It'll come to you. Ellen, pass me some peanut brittle. Well, my darling, get your fertile mind working again. If you can wriggle out of this one, you'll get time and a half. Anything wrong, Jerry? Oh, not much. Only that your picnic friends don't answer their phones, and that probably means they'll be here any minute. Well, Einstein, what have you got to say? Neat little problem, isn't it? No, Jerry. It's not so difficult. I think I can handle it. Wait a minute. Don't look at me like that. But it's quite obvious, darling. You have to suddenly become very, very sick. Now, dear, you have to lie oh. quietly or nobody will believe you're sick in bed. Well, stop squirming. Ellen, hand me that banner, will you please? Here you are. Pam, at least tell me what's supposed to be wrong with you. No, I can't tell yet, dear, until I see how much bandage we have. Pam, in another minute, I'm going to explode. Jerry, Jerry, keep that expression. Looks just like the mom. Oh, dear, I wonder who that is. Harold, you and Ellen had better come with me and wait in the kitchen. Now, Jerry, do something. Get a temperature. We'll be right back. Well, where is the kitchen, Pam? Right through that door there at the left. Now, hurry. Okay, Pam, you can go right ahead. We're in. Oh, fine. Oh, Pierre Dubois. Hello, Pierre. Mrs. North, bonjour, bonjour. It is wonderful to see you again. May I kiss the hand? Kiss my hand? I don't think so, Pierre. I have some new nail polish on it and it may not agree with you. Uh, uh, come right in. Uh, wait. By the way, Pierre, have you noticed the weather out? Oh, oui, it is getting nastier. But you are always right, Pamela, and you say the weather will clear. So what difference does it make? Oh, I see. Well, it's not only that, Pierre. But Jerry is very ill. Oh, man, no. But how terrible, what is the matter? We don't know yet. The specialists and the surgeon haven't arrived. Oh, but this must have happened since you telephoned. What are the symptoms? Well, he's shaking on one side like he has a temperature and shivering on the other side like he has a chill. That's right, blue. What are you doing to relieve this? Temporarily hot and cold water bottle. Oh, but he must want his friends at this moment. I insist. I go to him. Oh, just a minute, Pierre. I'd better ask him first. I'll call into him. Oh, Jerry, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Pierre Dubois would like to see you. Yes, go. All right, Pierre. The doctor will be here soon. You see how it is, Pierre? Delirious. Well, uh, is there something I can do to help? Something? Yes, there is. You see, excitement would be very bad for Jerry right now. Huh? So if you'll go outside and wait in your car until the picnic crowd arrives, 
Well, you can tell them how sorry we are, and they'll just all go away. Oh, naturally. I will do this immediately. Oh, thank you, dear. Thank you. I'll show you to the door. You can depend on me, Mrs. North. Oh, dear, I wonder who that is now. Wait a second, dear. Oh, Mr. Willoughby. How do you do, my dear? Of course, you remember my wife, Mary Bell. Yes, of course. Nice to see you again, Mrs. Willoughby. Won't you both come in? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Just let me have your things. I see it's still raining. Yes, indeed. Mighty hard. <laughs> oh, I beg your pardon. Mrs. Mr. Mr. Edward, Mr. and Mrs. Willoughby. Oh, Delighted, I'm sure. It is most unfortunate that you have arrived at this time. What do you mean, sir? Unfortunate? Oh, it's nothing. That is... What do you mean, nothing? The condition of Mr. North is most terribly sick. He's shaking and quivering. Oh, I'm afraid he's come at the wrong time. But if there's anything we can do... Mrs. Willoughby, there is. You can stay. Another woman can be such a comfort at a time like this. In that case, I will stay also. Oh, no, no, dear, no. You could, well, you know, outside. Oh, may we? I remember. I will do this immediately. Au revoir, Miss Time, Mrs. Willoughby. Au revoir. Won't you come into the living room? Sit down. Thank you. But uh, I rather feel Mrs. North and Mary Bell and I in the week. Oh, no, no, you're not. Uh, I may need some help if Jerry gets one of his attacks. And we're going to have brunch, too. Yes, don't worry. You'll be glad to stay, my dear. Pam. Oh, Pam. Just a minute, Jerry. Excuse me, please. Oh, I shouldn't. Yes, dear. Are you having a pain? What pain? Where did you put my sock? You see, the attack is starting again. What are you talking about, Pam? Just tell me where you hit my clothes. Oh, dear, it's getting worse. It's the cold weather. The cold weather? But the cold weather hasn't started yet. I know, but I guess he feels it coming. Uh, excuse me just for a minute. I'll be right back. Goodness. Jefferson. Yes? Is this Mr. North, the gentleman who's been trying to contact you for his publishing company? Yes, he's the one. That's mighty strange, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. I've been twice before I had any business dealings with him. I can see, Pam. Everything's swell if Pierre just heads off the picnic bunch and we carry right on with Willoughby. The only thing I don't like is you telling him I have fit. Well, you can always explain that, dear, or have one. Now, hurry and get dressed. I'll tell them you're all better. That'll fix things. Yeah, that'll fix things. Good. Oh, well, go on out there and confuse somebody. I'll come in as soon as I'm dressed. All right, dear. Well, Miss North, you look much better. Your husband all right? He certainly is, Mr. Willoughby. He's as good as new. Better. He made a rather quick recovery, didn't he, Miss North? Yes, it's that new drug Jerry takes, uh, sulfur thingamacide. It does everything. Oh, that's the door. Excuse me, will you please? Oh, shouldn't. It's busy around here, isn't it? I'll be right back. Hello, Mrs. Enos. I got a something for you that's going to make your mouth water all over the kitchen. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful, Mr. Marconi. Here, I'll take them. Thank you so much. Wait a minute. We go inside. You look at them all. There's a go in the living room. Well, all right. Go right in. Okay. I want to tell you, Mrs. North, these are state... Oh, excuse me. You got a company. Yes. Mr. and Mrs. Willoughby, I'd like to have you meet a friend of mine, Mr. Marconi. He's an expert on food, especially meat. Why, that's so. Well, I'm very happy to know you, sir. Matter of fact, I'm preparing a book right now about food. Almost finished. I call it Cooking for Men Only. Why, Mr. Willoughby, I thought you wrote serious books about cowboys and cattle. Yes, he does, Miss North. But this book of recipes has been Jefferson's copy for many years. He only needs a few more to complete the manuscript. And I might tell you he's insane on the subject. Uh, This is most exciting, Mr. Moscone, meeting a gourmet like you. Say, I've been looking for something for ten years. Maybe you've got it. A great recipe for a steak sauce. Steak sauce? I got it the best. You like it to taste? Well, I I wonder if I could have it for my book, if you don't mind. Sure. This recipe is great. I only give it to people I like. 
is a hand it down from my great-grandfather to my grandfather to my father to me. But I don't hand it to my son. He's the biggest crook. Wait till I put it in the steak in the kitchen. Then I give you this cigarette. Come on, Mrs. Hart. We'll be right back, Mr. Willoughby. Isn't that nice about the recipe? Sure is. Jefferson? Yeah? Something's puzzling you. And you think this Miss Marconi is a tradesman? Why, that's absurd. It's Sunday, for one thing. No tradesman wears such a perfectly tailored imported tweed. Well, that's what I thought. This lunch we're here for. Well, maybe the custom is different up north here. Huh? Evidently, one's supposed to bring some food. Oh, I think you're right, my dear. Uh, what do we do about it? Uh, but, uh, well, why don't we go out here quietly and come back with the pie? Yeah, but I don't want to take a chance of losing Mr. Moscone. I, I want that recipe. If it makes up the expectations, I want it for my book. Now, Justin, you'll be able to talk to him all afternoon. Now, let's go. I'll be happy opportunity. Now, let's... Hey, Pam. Mr. Willoughby. What's the... Pam, where are you? Why, Jerry, what's the matter? Hello, Mr. North. How's your headache, Mr. North? Never mind that. Where's Mr. Willoughby, Pam? Well, I left him and his wife right here in the living room just a second ago. Harold. Ellen, did you see them? Oh, no, Harold and I have been hiding in the kitchen. Pam. Pam, please try to remember. Did you do anything? Did you say anything that could have upset them? Think, Pam. Concentrate. I don't know what to say, Jerry. Maybe they went for a walk. Walk? They probably walked out on us. A wonderful surprise you planned. I was going to get the contract and Harold was going to design the house. But won't you be surprised tomorrow night when I come home and tell you I've been fired? Well, folks, I'm going to leave you to fight. That's a very healthy. Uh, I'm going to take you to the wife and the kids to a farm in Indiana. Two weeks for the cage. Uh, so long and thanks again for the brown sweetest food. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Marconi. And thank you very much for everything. Now, this is the end. First, in the middle of a rainstorm, you start to arrange a picnic. Then you have to call off the picnic because you arrange the brunch. You give away my best suit, you drag Ellen and Harold down here from the Bronx, and finally I lose the best writer I ever hoped to get. Pam, I don't know why I married you. Jerry, you were in love with me. What makes you so sure? Well, it was before the draft, dear. <laughs> for over 15 minutes. The last of the Willoughby's, I guess. I don't feel too badly about it, Mr. North. I don't. That's right, Jerry. There are other writers. They'd be better than Mr. Willoughby. Oh, yeah? I'll buy all you can find. Oh, hey. Maybe they came back. Well, I'll go, Mr. North. Hurry, Harry. Yeah, it must be Willoughby. I I've got one of my hunches. Oh, Pamela, I've been sitting in the car for half an hour. Oh, it's you. Some hunch. Jerry. You are all better. Oh, my friend, this is wonderful, merveilleux. That's pretty good. What's the trouble, Pierre? Something happened outside? Oh, but no, that is the trouble. Nothing at all happened. But now that you have recovered, Jerry, we can go on the picnic, yes? Yeah, you said it. Look, Pierre, you go uh, go and wait in the car, see? When that gang comes, bring him up in a body. Sure, we'll go on a picnic. Of course, we'll go out in the rain. What do we care? Come on, Pierre, I'll take you to the door. Jerry, Jerry, are you sure you're feeling all right? Oh, Jerry, my friend, I'm very glad to see you so happy. We'll have some fun, yes? Yes, I'll say we will. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you see coming up the front steps? Why, your friends, monsieur and madame Willoughby. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Willoughby, what happened to you? We, we thought you'd left. Oh, no, Mr. North, but why aren't you in bed? Uh, we thought you were seriously ill. Why, well, I never felt better. Just recovered. <laughs> it was uh, miraculous. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, forget what I just told you. Do what Pam told you in the first place. Yeah, but, but, but why is this? I go, but I don't understand. I'm confused, but I go. Yeah, I'll leave the door unlocked. Uh, when it's all over, you come back, Pierre. 
Come right in, won't you? Hey. Let's go right into the living room again. I want you to be very comfortable. Oh, we are very pleased to see you're out of bed, Mr. North, and fully recovered from your uh, sick. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, there you are, Mrs. North. Glad you returned, Mr. Willoughby. Awfully glad. Well, my child, in honor of your brunch and to show our appreciation for your hospitality, we wanted to accept, accept this little pie. Why, Mr. Willoughby, isn't that sweet? Nothing. Oh, thank you both so much. Oh, uh, by the way, here are two more friends of ours who haven't met. Ellen and Harold Adams. Oh, how do you do? Harold is a wonderful architect. Designs houses, you know. You do need a new house in Texas, don't you, Mr. Willoughby? Well, frankly, we are going to build a new estate, but I'm surprised. I thought Mrs. Willoughby and I were the only ones who knew that. To me. But I'll, uh, I'll talk to you about that uh, later on in the day, young man. Oh, that'll be swell, Mr. Willoughby. Well. Well, now, Mr. North, I've got some news for you. Yes? In return for that marvelous service you did for me today, I talked it over with my wife, and I decided to let your company handle my publishing exclusive. Really? Well, I, I don't know how to thank you, but uh, what's the service I did for you? Why, it was through you all I met your friend, Mr. Moscone. Now, if you'll bring him out, I, I'll take down that recipe. I want to test it out right away. It might be just what I've been looking for for so many years. Mr. Willoughby, uh, do you have to have it right now? I can't wait. This little book of mine's going to the printer in two days. Uh, where is Miss Marconi? Well, he left, and he won't be back for two weeks. What? Well, can't you catch him? Well, where did he go? Went to a farm in Indiana. That's all he told me. He told you? Do you mean to stand there and tell me you let him get away? I never heard of a thing like that, Mr. Willoughby. We didn't know you wanted the recipe right away. If you spend less time having tips and pay more attention to human welfare in general, you know those things. I know, but I... Come on, Maribel. I don't think these people are my friends. Wait a minute, Mr. Willoughby. Well? Oh, I just remembered. I've got the recipe. Mr. Marconi once gave it to me as a special favor, and I... Oh, the only thing is... Uh, what? I can't remember where I put it. Oh, Pam, can't you find it someplace? Look, don't you have any idea where it is? Oh, I haven't the faintest idea. Well, that settles it. I've never heard of such a crazy household in all my born days. Come on, Maribel. Let's get out of here. Everybody's around downstairs. You should. You have these picnics. Oh, Pierre, go away. Go away? But they're all waiting. Herb says we haven't much time. Oh, oh, wait a second. Herb, time, time, herb, darling, darling. That's where it is, the recipe. In my herb book, under time, spices. I've got it right here on the shelf. But, but this is no time to talk about recipes. Are we going on this picnic or not? They're waiting. Well, I don't know, Pierre. Mr. Willoughby doesn't like crowds. Nonsense. I want to try this recipe right away. I'm one of Mr. Moscone's picks. We love picnics, don't we, Maribel? Yes, Everton. And I've got all the ingredients right here in the house. And if you don't think it's the best steak sauce you ever tasted, why, well, you will. Well, well then well. everything is settled and we will have a wonderful time. Yes, no. And darling, yes. look out the window. The sun is shining. I told you it would be a beautiful day. Remember? Yes, I remember. Uh, look, you all go down to the cars. I'll be along in just a minute. There's something I have to do. Well, uh, hurry up now. Don't take too long. No, no, no. I'll see you a minute. Hello, operator. Let me have the Weather Bureau. Hello, Weather Bureau. What are you planning for today? Fair and warmer? Very sunny? Would you recommend a picnic? Well, you would, huh? Well, why don't you guys make up your mind? to tune in next week at the same time for another visit with Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Peggy Conklin. 
Original music for this program was under the direction of Don Voorhees. This series is written and produced by Howard Harris and Martin Goss. Dan Seymour speaking and bidding you all good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. of Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Alice Frost and Joseph Curtin, and brought to you by... Woodbury, 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 for the skin you love to touch. Pamela North, those lovable, laughable solvers of mysteries. For years you've read about them in books and magazines. You've seen them on the stage and on the screen. Now here they are in person in the adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North. is a little Russian restaurant tucked away on one of the side streets of midtown Manhattan. And here we find Jerry and Pamela North just finishing dinner. There's a popular belief among epicures that music has power to aid digestion, but Jerry has some doubt about this. Oh, boy, listen to that fiddle. No wonder there's hardly anybody in the place. Jerry, I want to hear. What? Pam, please, it's dreadful. But, Jerry, that poor fellow's playing with his heart. Oh, that's it. I was blaming it all on the violin. I suppose if a swing band were going full blast, you'd think it was dandy. Well, at least I could keep time while I chewed. (laughs) Come on. Are you finished? Let's get out of here. All right, dear. A waiter. A waiter. Here, let me help you with the coat, dear. Ah, gentlemen, ladies. It was all to your satisfaction? Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. My wife even likes the music. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Dimitri, enough. Go back to the kitchen. Oh, does he cook too? Dimitri? Oh, no. He washes the dishes. My wife, she cooks. Oh, are you the proprietor? No, lady. I own the restaurant. Oh. I am Josette. Dimitri is my brother. Vasya is my wife. I see, a family affair. I suppose the girl in the check room is your sister. No, that is not possible. But the doorman, he's my uncle, Vasov. Oh, how nice. Isn't that nice, Jerry? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear, will you give me a uh, coat check? My compact's in your overcoat pocket. Yeah? Well, let's see. Oh, here it is. I'll fix my face while you're paying the check. See you in the lobby, Jerry. Now, uh, gentlemen, let me see. Have you the bill? Oh, yes. Even now, I subtract it. $20. Ah, so. $240. What? Let me see. Perhaps it is wrong. No, no, no. Not very. It's $2.40. But the Pam. I'm coming, Pam. I'm coming. Oh, Jerry, it's terrible. It's in terrible. heaven's name, what happened? Look. There in the check room. Where? 
Over the table. What? Good Lord. Jerry, I think she's dead. She certainly is. That's a stiletto in her back. We'll rejoin Mr. and Mrs. North in just a moment. But meanwhile, ladies... Do you realize for just 10 cents, you can buy a trial-sized jar of Woodbury Cold Cream, a cream proved to give as fine or even finer beauty results than the costliest creams. And I mean proved. Proved by a test among more than 1,000 women. These women use six leading creams, including Woodbury Cold Cream and some of the costliest brands you could name. The creams were all in plain, unlabeled jars. Yet the majority of the women picked one cream as definitely best, Woodbury Cold Cream. Actually, they preferred Woodbury even to those costliest creams. Well, here's why Woodbury is so outstanding. Its four special ingredients and its fine oils cleanse thoroughly, leave your skin feeling gloriously fresh and clean. They lubricate, help ward off aging dryness. They make your skin gorgeously softer and smoother. And besides, there's an element working in the jar to keep the cream absolutely pure, and no other cream at any price has that. Why not send out now for Woodbury Cold Cream? If your skin isn't lovelier after using it only seven days, return that jar to Woodbury at Cincinnati, Ohio, and you'll get double your money back. Regular sizes are 25 cents, 50 cents, 75 cents, and a big economy jar at a dollar and a quarter. Remember, Woodbury will save you so much compared with your former expensive cream that you can buy more war stamps and bonds. And Uncle Sam will like that. Tonight, start using Woodbury. That's W-O-O-D-B-U-R-Y, Woodbury Cold Cream. And now, back to the adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North. A few minutes have passed since Pam and Jerry discovered the body of the checkroom girl in the Russian restaurant. Oh, what is to become of us? Please, Mr. Joseph. What can I do? Stabbed here in my own restaurant. All right, Pam. Did you get Bill Bargain, Jerry? Yes, he'll be right over with the homicide squad. Oh, good. Joseph, who is this girl? This girl I do not know. Her name, it is Betty. Is that all you know about her? Oh. But you hired her to work for you, didn't you? No, I did not hire her. She was sent here by the man who has the concession for hats and coats. You mean someone actually paid for the checkroom concession in this place? Well, it can't possibly pay the girl's salary. He did not pay for the concession. He come one day, say, I must let him run hats and coats. I say, no. He say, yes, or he will have my license taken away. Oh, a racket. Why, that's shameful. He's big man. Lots of politics. Who is he? Charles Moran. Chuck Moran, huh? Jerry, isn't he the man who runs the Club Rue? Yes, and a lot of concessions and hotels and clubs around town. Now I see why he's got a monopoly. I wonder if... Jerry, look, there's a purse hanging on the hook. Uh, Couldn't we go through it? Why, yes, I guess we can. Uh, Wait a minute. Oh, Jerry, be careful. Don't touch her. Don't worry. Look how she fell forward across that little table. I'm afraid Wigan won't find many clues. Why not, Jerry? Whoever did it must have slipped in quickly, plunged that stiletto into her, and gone out just as fast. 
You don't leave any traces when you work like that. Jerry, I wish you wouldn't say you. Oh, let's see the bag. Uh, here, we'll put everything on this other table. Wagon don't want to see all this stuff. Well, it's not much. Lipstick, compact. Oh, there's a key. Oh, wait. It's a piece of paper. Oh, milk bill. Made out to Mrs. Charles Moran, 596 East 54th Street. Apartment 9A. Mrs. Charles Moran? You suppose Chuck she... Chuck Moran's wife. His wife? Can it be possible? I'd better go over and find out. Jerry, you're staying right here. Now, Pam, we don't want to make any mistakes. If this is Chuck's wife, he should know about it. If she's not, well, it might be wise to find out what he does know. Well, why don't you phone? Phone? He has no phone. I can never get him. I guess he has a phone, all right. But only the people he wants have the number. Now, Pam, when Wigan gets here, give him all the details. But, Jerry, I Remember, don't... Pam, you're the one who found the body. The body? Here in my restaurant. It's not far from here. I'll be back in ten minutes. Take it easy. I'm coming. Well? Excuse me. Is this where Chuck Moran lives? Right. Is he in? Who wants to know? My name is North. Gerald North. Oh, you're a friend of Chuck's? Well, I, I've seen him around town. I'm a publisher. Oh, you publish those detective stories, don't you? That's right. Oh, say, I was just reading that one, um, The Kiss of Death. It's swell. It has been rather successful. Oh, say, come on in. Chuck ain't here right now, but he ought to be along any minute. Thanks. Uh, are you Mrs. Moran? <laughs> Do I look it? Well, I... Uh... No, I'm uh, Francine Laporte. I sing at the Club Rue. I thought you looked familiar. I've enjoyed your singing. Oh, thanks. Well, sit down. The sofa ain't busy. Have a drink? Uh, not now, thank you. Well, you better. Chuck may not show for a while. Well, then, I really can't wait. Oh, come on. Sit down. Oh, scat, Pinky. That cat is all over everything. You know, Mr. North, uh, another one of your books I liked was uh, Murder in the Mint. Gee, I didn't know who'd done it until the last page. Yes, Herman is a good writer. But uh, what I came to see about was Mrs. Moran. Oh, Betty? Yes, do you know her? One of my best friends. And let me tell you, she's got brains. She can figure out those detective stories where I can't. Her only trouble is money. Money? Yeah, you see, Chuck's the front in the concession business, but Betty runs it. She keeps all the check bills in line, you know, hires them and fires them, and, well, she squeezes the nickels till the buffaloes yell. I see. Yeah, right now she's uh, doing a little trick herself in a little Russian joint because, well, it don't pay to keep a regular girl there. Uh, she and Chuck get along all right, don't they? Why, they... Say, why all the interest in Betty? Oh, nothing, just inquiring. Well, I don't know what you're after, so I ain't going to talk out of turn. You'll have to wait for Chuck. Well, I, I, I really must be going, Miss Laporte. Oh, stick around. I'm leaving in a minute for my act at the club, but uh, we could uh, spend a little time talking uh, about murder stories. You got any new ones coming up? Several. I'm afraid I'll have to go now. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. Somebody's going to step on that cat's neck someday, and that'll finish him. Uh, tell Chuck I call, will you? <laughs> sure, tall and handsome. And uh, drop around the club sometime, huh? I'd be delighted, Mr. Porter. Oh, call me Francie. Everybody does. <laughs> All right, Francie. I'll be seeing you. 
Okay, big boy. And that's all I can tell you, Bill. That's the way Jerry and I found her. All right, Pam. Thanks. The medical examiner's busy in the check room. Maybe he'll turn up something. Mm. Hey, Mullins. Hey, Loot. Bring in that big Russian. You mean the doorman with the four hats? That's right. Mm. Okay, Loot. Jerry didn't seem to think that you'd find many clues, Bill. He said that the way the murderer worked, he oh, wouldn't uh, have time Lieutenant to... Lieutenant Wigan, oh. here's something you might find interesting. What's that, Doc? When I moved the girl's body, I found this menu on the table under it. She was trying to write a message when she died. Yeah. Oh, let's see, Bill. Hmm. Scroll from one end of the card to the other. W-O-M-E-N. Women killed me. Women? Gollies. That means the girl didn't know who her assailants were. If she had, she would have tried to write out their names before she died. You can move the body any time you want, Wigan. The stiletto did the trick, all right. I'm going down and file my report. Okay, Doc. Good night. Bill, I can't believe a woman could be so cold-blooded. They come always, Pam. This girl didn't know who they were, so that rules out friends. Let's see. This way, Cossack. Lieutenant wants to see you. Butch, you Hello. What's your name? It's Vassoff, Lute. Were you on the door outside all evening, Vossoff? I was, for truly. You see any women come into the restaurant? Women, yes. Women. Men, too, also. I mean just a party of women, two or three. They must have come in and left immediately. Women, yes. Men, yes. Not very definite, is he? Yes. Think you could identify these women if you saw them? Perhaps, yes, perhaps no. Women, come, go. Yes, many. Well, I guess it was one of them. All right, Vossoff. Going to hold him as a witness, loose? Yes, take him to headquarters, Mullins. Right. Come on, Cossack. We oh. don't want to lose you. Now, Bill, here's what I think you ought to do. Find out if any of the girls working in these concessions had it in for Betty. <laughs> Please, and then Pam, you... just a minute. I, I've got to think this thing out. Hello, anybody. Oh, Jerry. What's success? Did you find Chuck Moran? Hello, Jerry. How are you, Bill? Jerry, I'm asking you a question. Did you find Mr. Uh, Chuck? Uh, no, dear, he wasn't home. But I did find out the dead girl is his wife. Chuck's no. wife, are you sure? Yes, Bill. Name's Betty Moran. Where's Chuck? The girl in his apartment said he was due there in a little while. Uh, the girl? Okay. I'll give orders to have him picked up. I'll be back in a minute. Jerry, who is the girl? Uh, Francie. I mean, Francine Laporte. She sings at the Club Rue. Francie. Francie. And is she a redhead, dear? Why, yes. How'd you know? There are red hairs all over your coat. Hairs? Jerry, what were you doing up there? Oh, oh they came from that cat in the apartment. A cat, huh? Yes, a cat named Pinky. Yeah. Jerry, you haven't answered my question. What were you doing up there? Oh, nothing. We talked about Moran and his wife and about uh, detective stories. Mm. Detective stories? In the old days, it used to be etchings. Now, Pam, for goodness sake. <laughs> oh, you needn't get so flustered, Jerry. Oh, who's flustered? You are, darling. Is she uh, good looking? Mm, in a way. Mercy. Mm, do you think she killed Betty? She? Well, Pam, whatever gave you that idea? Bill Wigan had a menu with a message that the murdered girl wrote on while she was dying. It said, women killed me. Women? Yes, and, and this, this Francie may be one of them. Well, that doesn't seem possible. Jerry, you're a very poor judge of women. You never can tell when they're lying to you. Now, Pam. Now, come on, Jerry, we're going over to that apartment. I want to talk to Miss Francie Laporte. You can't. She's at the Club Rue by this time. All right, then we'll go to the Club Rue. Come on, Jerry. Oh, 
the table, huh? Uh-huh. You can see everything, Jerry. I'm afraid we should have told Bill Wigand where we were going. Bill Wigand is no better judge of women than you are, dear. All I want to do is to talk to her for a few minutes, and I'll be able to tell whether she had anything to do with that murder. I hope this doesn't lead to trouble. Uh, listen, Jerry. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our great pleasure to introduce at this time a delightful singer of French song, Miss Francine Laporte. Yes, she is, dear. Jerry, you don't always stare that way when you listen to music. Well, it's a bit different from Dimitri and his fiddle. Well, she's not singing from a heart. Jerry, she sees you. Yes, yes, she does. As soon as she's through singing, I'm going back to her dressing room. We'll both go. Oh, you're going to stay right here. I'll be able to judge her better if we're alone. All right, dear, but be careful what you say. Okay, Francie. 63 from the top, boys. You ready? One, two. Hey, Chuck. What's the matter, Francie? You finished already? Listen, that guy north that was up in the apartment? Yeah? He's out front with the dame. I wonder what that lug's up to. Well, he's poking around for something, Chuck. If he's just come to see me, he wouldn't have brought no dame. Yeah, I wonder what... Quiet. Here, get behind the screen quick. Whoever it is, get rid of them. Okay, keep your shirt on. Uh, Miss Laporte, may I see you for a minute? I, um, I got a change for my next oh, number. Oh, it won't take a minute. Will you get out? I haven't got no time to... I'm Mrs. North. You met my husband, Mr. North, up in Chuck Moran's apartment. Yeah? Well, what do you want? I just want to ask you one question. What did you and my husband talk about tonight? Detective stories. Why? Oh, didn't you talk about who killed Betty Moran? Kill... Killed Betty? Oh, didn't you know she was dead? What are you talking about? Betty Moran was murdered tonight. Hey, what's this all about? Miss Dame says Betty was bumped off. I heard. Where'd you get this from, sister? Uh, well, uh, the police found her. Are you Chuck Moran? Yeah. Who got Betty? Uh, the police are looking for you. Yeah, well, I'm going out looking for the police. If you hadn't called, Francie. Oh, you can wait right here. The police will come for you. Out of the way, lady. Hop to it, Francie. I'm ready, Chuck. You'd better not leave, Mr. Moran. Get away from that door. Ouch! Let me go. Come on, Chuck, will you? Just a minute. Jerry, stop them. That's Chuck Moran. Out of the way, jerk. Get back, Moran. Yeah? Sure. Finish him, Chuck. Get out. Oh, I had to Oh, Jerry. Here, you. Get away from that phone. Try and stop me. Why, you little... Ow! Oh! 
Are you sure you're all right? Yes, dear. Good. I want to look out the back. Oh, 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 golly. Jerry, you know this is the first ride I've ever had in a patrol wagon. I hope it's not your last. Shut up, Moran. You gonna let him get away with that, Chuck? I'll kick his teeth in. Yeah. Jerry, look out. I'll handle him. Oh, you're gonna oh, break it. Stop. Hey, hey, break it up. Break it up with my stick. Oh. You'll have plenty of time for shot when we get to the cooler. As soon as we get there, officer, I want to see Lieutenant Wagon. All right, lady, but quiet down. I can't hardly hear the gong. Hello, Doc. Oh, Lieutenant Wagon. Came down to the morgue here to take a look at them. Well, there they are, in the trunk. Hmm. Some package. How were they killed, Doc? Bullets through the head. Close range. Crammed in the trunk after death? Right. If one corpse hadn't bled, they might be on the way to California by now. The expressman noticed the blood coming out of the corner of the trunk. Yeah, that's the standard way of getting rid of bodies. Drop them off at the express office and ship them off across the country. Well, Wagon, now you've got two cases on your hands. Any identification on the bodies? No, not a clue on them. You got him, Mullins? Yeah. Come on, Cossack, in here. Come on. What's up? Lieutenant, it is not since the days of the time. Just a minute, just a minute. I'm sorry we have to hold you as a witness, Forsyth. But it can't be helped. I want you to take a look at these bodies. Say, uh, loot. Yes, Mullins. Mr. and Mrs. North, they were just brought in. In the wagon. Pam and Jerry? Mm-hmm. For disturbing the peace. Mr. North got into a fight with Moran. They got Moran? Good. Settle the charges and bring Pam and Jerry down here to the morgue. I done that already. They're coming as soon as you can speak. Excuse me, is Lieutenant Wagon... Oh, there you are, Bill. Come in, Jerry. He's here, Pam. Come on. Oh, Bill, we've just had the most exciting... <gasps> oh! I'm sorry, Pam. Not a very pretty sight. Good Lord. Who are these men? We don't know yet. How about it, Vosov? You recognize those bodies? These men, I know. Yeah? What? Oh, you do? Where from? The restaurant. The night they go in, come out. Uh-huh. You're positive about that. I see them only two hours ago. A voice off never forgets. They're the ones that done it, Lute. But that note, Bill, the one she wrote, it said women killed me. Yes, it, it doesn't fit. I wonder... Hey, Bill, have you that menu with you? I've got an idea. What, Jerry? Oh, uh, yes, here it is. Huh. Yeah, that could be it, all right. Sure. What, Jerry? Well, look at this menu. See, the girl started the word women right at the edge and wrote across the page. Yes. Now, when she wrote this, remember, she was dying. Things must have been going black for us. Jerry, don't talk so much. Just tell her. What's your idea, Jerry? She started her writing off the edge of the menu. There's a letter missing. A T. A T? Yes. And what do you get when you put a T in front of the word women? Twimmen. Uh, Twimmen? Oh, Jerry, that doesn't make sense. I see what you mean, Jerry. Sure. Spell it out, Pam. T-W-O-M-E-N. Two men. Oh, I see. See. She tried to write, two men killed me. Of course. Why, how clever of you, Jerry. Well, we've got the two murderers. Yeah, in a trunk. But who got them? Wait a minute. I think I have it. What time? <laughs> yes, sir, those bodies. That's it. 
Why, Jerry, it's right in front of you and you can't see it. Pam, will you make sense? Bill, have Mr. Moran and that girl brought down here right away. Pam, you'd better tell us what you're going to do. No, no. This takes very delicate handling. I have to do it my way, Bill. But, Pam... I won't say another word until they're here. All right, Mullins. Bring them down. Hey, what's this all about? We're going to find out right now, Moran. Sit down. And you take that chair, Miss... That's uh, uh, Miss LaPorte, Bill. Close the door, Mullins. Okay, Luke. Now then, uh, Mrs. North is going to ask a few questions. I want them answered. Say, who does she think she is? Let her ask. See what it gets her. Yeah, well, when she's finished, I got a few things to ask. Only it'll be through my lawyer. All right, that's enough. Go ahead, Pam. Uh, Well, Mr. Moran... Your wife, Betty, was murdered tonight. You said that at the club. I don't know nothing about it. Didn't you sneak into the Russian restaurant tonight and corner your wife in the check room and, and stab her to death? <laughs> You're crazy. I wasn't near the joint. This man I don't see by the restaurant tonight. You see? Quiet, please. Bosov tells the truth. All right, Bosov. Well, he ought to know. I wasn't there. Then where were you? Say, what is she, a woman dick? Answer the questions, Moran. Where were you? Home. In my apartment. Jerry, did you see Mr. Moran when you were at his apartment? No, only the girl. That's because you didn't look, fathead. I was out in the kitchen all the time you was there. Ask Francie. That's right. He was there all the time. All right, Mr. Moran. You admit you were in your apartment all evening. Sure, sure. I got an alibi. I can tell you everything that guy said. All right, Bill. Arrest Mr. Moran for the murder of those two men. What? what? Say, what is she trying to hang on she me? She didn't kill nobody. Can you prove this, Pam? Look at the bodies, Bill. Their coats are covered with hair. Cat's hair. Just like Jerry's was. Those men were killed in Moran's apartment. That's a lie. I was there. Mullins, take care from the clothes of these bodies and get samples from the apartment. Right. If the hairs match, it's going to send Moran and this girl straight to the electric No. Car. No, not me. You can't. Shut up, Francis. You can't do this to me. He shot them. I didn't have anything to do with You're it. You crazy ape. Oh! Oh! He did it. He hired those guys to bump her off. And when they came around to get paid, he shot them. Why did he want to get rid of his wife? She knew too much. The police are looking for three girls that disappeared. Girls that used to work for Moran. I don't know what happened to them, but Betty did. She was going to tell the police because Moran was playing around with me. She was jealous. Why, you're lying. That's an crossing. Take them away, Molly. Come on, move, Moran. All right, you filthy Well, Pam, that was a smart piece of detective work. Oh, I'll say. How did you know about the cat's hairs? Jerry had them on his coat. Thank heaven. Thank heaven is right. It solved the case. Oh, I don't mean that, Jerry. I mean, thank heaven they were from the cat, not that red-headed Francie. Girls, here's what lovely Paulette Goddard said about you, your beauty, and that man of yours in the war. She said, He's fighting for you. It's up to you to look the part. Why not see how my three-minute care with Woodbury Cold Cream will help keep your skin smooth and enduring? I call it WBNC. That's short for Woodbury Beauty Nightcap. Try it. And lovely Veronica Lake says the same. These gorgeous stars prefer inexpensive Woodbury Cold Cream. For it's true, you can't give your skin better care at any price. And yet Woodbury costs just ten cents to a dollar and a quarter. And here's special help for women with extra dry skin. Help you need right now when winter weather can coarsen your complexion terribly. 
It's Woodbury Dry Skin Cream, and it costs just 10 cents, 25 cents, 50 cents a jar. Try this exceptional cream. See for yourself how it helps eliminate those dry skin lines that tend to make a woman look older. Helps bring back supple softness to rough, dry skin. Ask for Woodbury Dry Skin Cream. again next Wednesday evening at the same time for another adventure of Mr. and Mrs. North. Pamela buys a turtle and a spy plot snaps in her face. For thrills and laughs, be sure to listen, won't you? This is Ben Grower saying goodnight for Woodbury, 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 more than skin you love to Program came to you from New York. This is the National Broadcasting Company.